Welcome to Scrappy ABM, your source for groundbreaking approaches that don't break the bank. ABM shouldn't cost 200K in tech to even get started. So if you want to get started with ABM or make your program even better without investing a massive amount of money, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll hear from the brightest minds in the marketing world who are redefining ABM, achieving incredible results with untraditional methods, limited resources, and a whole lot of creativity. This isn't a show about how much money you can spend on fancy tech or overhyped tools. Instead, it's about celebrating creative problem solving and the scrappiness it takes to get ABM right. We'll dive into how these marketing leaders built robust ABM strategies with limited resources, revealing the actionable insights that led to their biggest wins. So if you're a marketer ready to challenge the status quo and build a scalable, efficient, effective marketing strategy, Scrappy ABM is the show for you. So if you're ready to discover ABM strategies that are lean, impactful, and utterly transformative, let's dive into this episode. Today, I'm joined by Laura Erdem, who is the sales leader for North America at Dream Data. And if you're on LinkedIn and you don't know who Laura is, you're already missing out. So just go ahead and go follow her real quick. Laura, thank you for joining me today. Mason, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Now we're meeting online, not in a bike. Not in a bike. And wow, you're already teasing out the topic for today. We're going to be talking through account-based biking, which is, I think, my favorite episode title to date. But just to, to give a super, super high level, Laura went to a conference in New York, and she asked a bunch of people if they would be open to hopping in a bike. And she got like a pretty successful response rate of people saying, yeah, I'll do that. And had a ton, a ton, a ton of great conversations. And I just think there's a lot to learn from her approach and how she did it and how that can then benefit and impact you. Cause it's also not just a conferences. Like you just, I feel like whenever I think of Laura, I now think of a bike. So like you just created this like association with bikes and it's like a part of your brand. And I think that there's even things that can be drawn from that. So anyway, to dive right into it, Again, help the audience understand like when you're going to an event and you start to think through, how do I get people to engage? And you're like, ah, bikes. Like, how did this idea even come to, to be? So I live in Copenhagen and Copenhagen is made for biking. I bike to work. I bike to grocery stores. I bike everywhere. And I started to do biking content. And that was not intended to be like something I will be doing all the time. It was just something for fun. Let me see what happens. What if like the surroundings are moving and I'm filming? What if I invite somebody and put them into the Christiania bike, as you call it, a bucket and, and film the people while I'm biking them in that bike? It's a normal bike where you transport kids to school. And people started to say yes. And I started to create some content and our CEO even says, oh, Laura, should we buy a bike? <laughs> should we like, <laughs> let's test it out first. I First two times I borrowed it from my colleague who transports his dog in that bike. And I transported two CMOs in that bike. <laughs> and then from there, then when I was going to New York, I was saying everybody knows me for biking content. I think it's a little bit dangerous to bike in New York, but let me do a little stunt and tell people I am going to bike. Nobody knows how I'm going to bike, but uh, then I just rented a pedicab and biked people around in Central Park where somebody was biking us and we were just creating content. But everybody thought they were going to actually bike. One woman came over in her tights and with a... Like with their water bottle. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. We're just sitting here. We're just going to have a chat. 
I, I love it. And full transparency, I was one of the people that you asked and I actually like pumped up tires and like tried to relearn how to bike. Cause it's been a minute since I've actually been biking myself in preparation. And then I show up in the cab and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. I was going to make a fool myself, but no, like, Again, what I what I really love through this play is you have done something, period, just on LinkedIn and the content that you create that is uniquely differentiated. So again, it's not just a text-based post. It's not even just a podcast clip. It's like I'm creating original content and I'm doing it in a slightly unique way by doing it on a bike. There's a background moving. It's more engaging. That has now created a specific association with your personal brand. So when you ask accounts that you want to engage and have conversations with, hey, would you want to go biking with like... People are actually excited and like, to be honest, I don't know that I'd be excited to go biking with anybody else, but like, I was just like, this is such a Laura thing to do that I want to be a part of that. Yep. Actually, it didn't start like that in New York. I tried to book meetings in a standard way, reaching out to people who either live there or I know are coming to a conference and it was very tough. (laughs) I booked a couple of meetings, but then I moved those meetings into a bike and then I figured out like, if I book a bike and invite people to come to ride with me, that will be so much easier. And it was. So I had a schedule full for two days straight. Again, I love the practicality. I'm just like, you're not inviting them to book a meeting. You're inviting them to experience something fun, memorable. So as we think through where this kind of a play falls in the funnel, is this like pipeline generation? Is this more of an acceleration play? Is this an expansion play? Like where does this fall in your mind? It is very much an acceleration play. Well, some of the people I met for the first time, and I also biked with one of our clients just to delight the client as well, to try and do that thing that I do with others. But it was the acceleration play for some of the accounts that I've been working on and some of those people were in New York. That was useful. Okay, so very acceleration focused. As we talk through technology, like what tech is required to build a play out like this? So go Google a two-way microphone like clip and take whatever comes up and you like a design and is usually very cheap. So I think my, my stuff came from China through a reseller that is selling in Copenhagen and it was very cheap. So I cannot give you any names because there are no names on those microphones or on the selfie stick. So what I used, two microphones that one is put on the guest, the other one is on me and a phone. I've got a good phone. That's that's a useful thing to have. So spend money on that one. Then a selfie stick and uh, yeah, gloves and a scarf sorry, because it was cold <laughs> and rent a bike. So again, tech perspective is like a relatively easily accessible two-way microphone that can plug into a phone. I've I've got a dumb iPhone LE from 2020. So it's like the lower model. My wife has a nicer phone than I do because that's how it always works and that's how it should work. But like most modern day iPhones actually, from my understanding, have like, what is it? Like 1080p at least. Some of them have like 4K cameras. So like the camera quality on that is just insane. You can do it through a selfie stick and that's it. You just go find a bike. That's it. And for, for anyone listening that is thinking through the safety ramifications again what we're talking about is in this context not necessarily actually biking laura you're a pro at it i would not feel comfortable and safe doing that we're talking about like renting someone to bike you in a bike taxi type thing yes again safe on that front if you still feel like you want a helmet helmets are optional as far as 
we typically for account-based plays are talking through like, what's the content that you need? But really this is a like content-based networking is the book that James Carberry wrote. So this is really content-based networking of like, you're using this as an excuse to create content with somebody to build that relationship. So really this is less of what content do you use for this plan? It's more of how do you distribute this content? Like what do you use this content for once it's actually created? Yep. So pre, during, and after the happening, you have to create that content. So before biking, I was writing on LinkedIn that I will be biking to create that hype that, oh, some people will be joining, something will be happening. Is she crazy? She's going to bike in New York. She's going to die. And the next thing was that we're doing this. So I did some selfies. I did posts on LinkedIn that, oh, I'm biking with those people. Everybody's exciting. Nice. Next thing, after the event, like, oh, post summary, how did I do it? Like something that we're talking about right here. And post post, the videos are being edited and those are going to be repurposed on LinkedIn for content that is going to come out in the future for that acceleration again. So I did book some of the meetings. We can talk about the, the results of this, but that content is also going to be used for further acceleration of the deal as well, because we've got content together. Yeah. And I just think that last piece is so critical of like, as I'm thinking through the expansion of a buying committee, you know, if I see that my marketing leader, my sales leader is engaging with the vendor that we're talking with, and there's a video that they both post on LinkedIn, like, and they're, we're seeing the relationship. It's just a, it's, it's not a sales touch point. It's just a value added touch point that is positive sentiment around both brands working together. I think that's a genius play. And the other side is like, you have a built-in excuse to reach out again to say like, oh, the video is done. Or like, oh, the the we should have the video next week. Like, I think just the number of touch points that you get out of this that are not just like a, hey, what are you guys thinking about buying dream data? Like <laughs> it, it creates more conversations and more reasons to chat. Yeah, I agree. That's right. That's how it's being used. I love it. So as far as overall budget, we kind of touched on it already from like a, a tech perspective, but like how much is it to rent a bike taxi? Go Google. But I, okay, so just to be even more scrappy on this, I reached out to a couple of vendors asking what, because you have to book them by the hour and it still <laughs> seemed to be a little bit expensive. I think like one bike ride for 45 minutes costs around $100 if you book it online. <laughs> so I reached out to all of them. It's like, I want to book two days, no tour, just bike us around. That's it. What does it cost? So one guy responded back to me. He's like, if you pay cash, it will cost you $400. But can you give me a receipt to say, yeah, yeah, receipt, no problem. So <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't even negotiate, but I got a better price. So yes, I got it for $400 for five hours. So per day. So I needed $800 each day and that's it. If you're going to do different biking videos like, like I do in Copenhagen, either find somebody who owns that bucket bike, as you're calling it, or go rent it. And it costs around $100 per hour to rent that. And you'll have to bike it. In New York, I didn't even have to bike it. And it's New York. Yeah. Again, I'm just total budget. Like after you, if you already use your phone that you already have, you're going to buy a mic. Let's say high end your microphone's costing 200 bucks. I mean, this for a two day approach to a conference, you're spending a thousand dollars in in total on the actual like in-person time. And then there's obviously like the video editing after, 
but again, I, I think about this as compared to a booth. Yeah. Uh, the cost difference is going to be pretty astronomically different. And it's almost guaranteed meetings with the right fit people you want to be talking to anyway. No. And you're going to delight those people who wants to come to a booth and look at your pens and pencils and a demo on a screen. It's very rare that I want to see that. It's it's yeah. much more fun to join something exciting rather than to visit a booth. There are ideas why you need a booth in some certain areas. Definitely, I'm not against booths, but it requires a budget. So if you like in the crawling phase of getting ABM right or events right, well, try to figure out what you can do without a booth to start with. Yeah, I love it. As far as any potential unexpected roadblocks or challenges as you were trying to do this, like, was there anything that kind of popped up that you're like, oh, this was, this made it harder than I anticipated? Well, first rain, it was expected to rain. And some of the people are saying, oh, but can we meet like now later or tomorrow for this bike? And I said, no, 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 no. You're on schedule, guys. We have to come. <laughs> and because I, I had schedule for each and every person it was half an hour, 10 minutes break, half an hour, 10 minutes break. So everybody's in and out. And so the weather, no good. But But that bike had like a cover if we needed it. So we could have been doing like a, I don't know, like a, yeah, covered video in a funny way as well. And another thing was my own energy. It was, you have to talk for five hours straight and concentrate to what people are saying so you can ask intelligent questions back. And also when you switch off the camera, you still have to kind of prospect and try to ask questions that you can use in the sales process later. I was like, you literally get tired yeah and you don't write down stuff either it's like there's a lot to remember so i made sure to video record most of those questions that i would like to ask because i would probably forgot a lot of those stuff yeah but that these are the only roadblocks then that i could actually see yeah i think that's a great call out of just like how you solve for the roadblock of because again most of the time today when software sales were at our computers so we're taking notes as we're talking Whereas when you're in person riding through Central Park on a bike, like there's not really the ability to take notes. I, I love the call out of, I kind of just kept the camera rolling and would reflect on those questions that I had asked later. Yeah. The the other thing I think could be a roadblock and it's just like phone charge. And like, did you bring like battery packs? Like how did you keep everything charged? Yeah, I I did have a, the battery there was, there was no, the microphones continued working. I only had to recharge them in the morning. I did have the, the whole battery to, to charge them up again. The only thing that went out of battery really fast was the selfie stick. So it could not stabilize itself to, to film. So I had to really hold it straight. So <laughs> when we were going for a bumpy ride, it couldn't stabilize itself because the battery ran out. Got it. Okay. And then... We've talked specifically, obviously, a lot about the biking approach, but I want to take this up like a little bit of just like more of a framework perspective of, yes, we talked through biking. Yes, you can actually go steal biking, but like at the core, Laura, what you've done is you've built a bit of a reputation around something that you enjoy doing, that you're able to create content around, and then you use that concept at an event and said, if you want to do this with me, let me know. Like there are a thousand different ways that you can do it. I can't remember the, the company name, start with a C, but they did like hot intros at the, the GTM event for Pavilion. Commissor, yes. Yes. And like, it was funny. It was like, it's like hot ones, but 
you know, they ate hot wings. I got invited onto a podcast for something that's like sour GTM takes. Yeah. And it's like you eat sour candy. That's increasingly sour as you like get asked your sour takes on, on go to market. Like, and you can easily translate that to being something that you do in person at an event. Yeah. So again, I, I just think that there's a huge opportunity for people to create something that is like not just the standard, not just the norm. It's yeah. just a little bit different. And then when you go in person, just say, hey, would you like to do this thing that I that you know I do? We can do it together in person at the event. Yeah. The important thing for that is at least that's what we live by at Dream Data. Don't put all your eggs into one basket. It's like, oh, now we're going to do sour takes or hot takes, and this is what we are. Test it out. So for biking videos, I did not know if they work. But I tested it out. And then later I figured it out, okay, seems like people like it. Then let me scale that and do some more. And then later, well, probably we're going to buy a bike in Copenhagen. Or Lars also said, it was like, oh, what would it cost to transport that bike to New York? It's like, no, 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 leave this. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> or what if you rented it or bought it over there? It's like, okay, let's not go crazy. Let's just figure out what we can do. Cheap, impactful. And maybe one day we will buy a bike in each city we're going to and most of the events are happening or whatever that is. But uh, but keep it low on your expenses before you know that, okay, it's working, it's impactful, let's do more. Couldn't agree more. Only other question to, or really last two questions, results like how did this actually pan out for accelerating your pipeline and getting more meetings booked on the calendar? So... What did get meetings with prospects? Some of them are already in conversations with for actual demos and planning and how they're going to buy and stuff like that. It's not fast. It's acceleration, but it's usually prospects that are not ready to buy, just like your event leads. You spoke with somebody, they got spiked interest one day when they're planning for it, they're going to buy. And probably, well, hopefully, if you're doing your job correctly, some of those people are going to buy within a year from your conversation. So I do have those meetings booked. I had some of them already. They will need some of the video touches as soon as it goes. But the most important thing that is happening as well is the further execution and distribution of those videos because other prospects are seeing this. So we're going to go to, I don't know, somewhere, Atlanta or... I don't know, somewhere else. And we would say, okay, now we're going to book more because people would know that. And it will be easier and easier to generate outbound pipeline. Hmm. I love the, yes, there's a practical aspect of some of the deals have been accelerated. It still takes time. It's B2B. But the the groundwork and the now ability to more easily generate new meetings and new pipeline because you've now created an expectation so it's it's familiar. It's not going to be like, oh, why am I being asked to bike? It's like, oh, I'm getting asked to bike. Like, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting involved with something that I've seen others do that are the right kind of people that I want to be associated with. Yeah, I love it. As far as just any kind of general advice that you'd offer somebody that's getting started with ABM, like, what are some of the things that you would just say? I see a lot of people do this wrong, and this is what I would do a little bit differently. Yeah, like don't do like everybody does boring stuff and like oh let's get a list and let's target them the right way and stuff and most of the companies already are in that oh let's get 
to gifting and touch those accounts in an ABM way. So this is what ABM means. I either do a list and target them with ads or send gifts or something. Like, think about your buyers. What are they delighted about? And then try to spin that into your sales process. Because it could be you're selling to financial people. They don't tend to be too loose on going out for biking and stuff, but they're still people and there might be niche stuff that they would appreciate with your outreach. And it could be that it is not a huge delightful experience, but it's still different than anybody else would do or give them a pen at the booth or something like that. Yeah. So think about your buyers. What would be a little bit out of the ordinary what is it that they're used to if somebody's targeting them? Don't do that or just do a little bit of it and then add something more on top of it to be just a tiny bit different because we are way too similar in B2B sales and marketing nowadays. Yeah. Again, it sounds like it was more complex on the on the highest level of like, oh, instead of booking meetings, Laura went and asked people to, to go on a, on a bike taxi. But again, like the core of it is, Laura, you were trying to get meetings set up with right fit people that you wanted to talk to. So instead of just saying, hey, would you want to go grab coffee? You said, hey, would you be open to doing like a, a biking experience? Nobody says yes to a coffee unless you're friends like Mason. You would say yes to a coffee, but you would probably say, oh, no, let's just meet at the conference. We're going to chat. Doesn't matter. Fine. But but like. If you invite them for a coffee, it's like, I get coffee every day. Why should I get coffee with some salesperson? Okay, you're coming from Copenhagen. Oh, very nice. Cool. I live in New York and I kind of get coffee every day. Do something so that they would say yes to meet you. Yeah. Great call out. Laura, thank you for joining me. Real quick, we didn't talk about what Dream Data even does at the beginning. They do offer great hoodies. Huge fan. But like, Love your what style. Is what is dream data? What do you guys do? So if people are interested in learning more, they can go check you guys out. For sure. It's a revenue attribution platform. So we help marketers in B2B to figure out what their marketing initiatives working. And then you get access to all that clean data. So you can go and show everybody how it's working, go scale the stuff that is working and then do some crazy stuff on top of that because everybody will trust you using your budgets right. There's one other thing you guys do that I'm a huge fan of as, you know, some of it's very focused on scrappy things. You guys have some great, great accessible free tools oh, yeah. that anybody can get started with. So what are those tools? How do they find them? So Dream Data's free account is actually so good that some of the tools you might not need to pay for that you used to pay for. So Intent, high level intent of IP, reverse lookup, G2 intent, LinkedIn, ads engagement intent. That's free. You would see which accounts are engaging with you. Now we have even released the light version of your CRM connection, which means that if accounts are showing intent, you can check it, cross-check it against, are those accounts in our CRM? Do they have an account owner? And uh, if they don't, push it to sales. If they do, let's see where in the buyer's journey they are. So it's like a lot of intent is free and a lot of Digital analytics is free as well and connected to your pipeline too. So you actually don't have to pay if you only want basic stuff of intent and attribution. 
which to be clear, if you're starting out with ABM and you're starting scrapping, that's the way to go. So anyway, thank you for plugging those free tools that anybody can access by going and creating a free account with Dream Data. Laura, again, thank you for joining me. See ya. Oh. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scrappy ABM. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead and give us a follow so that you don't miss a single episode. We drop every single Monday so that you can start your week off right. And if you're looking for additional great content just like this, go check out ScrappyABM.com. We're building a library of frameworks, guides, templates, processes, and tools so you have everything that you need to build a low-budget, high-impact Scrappy program. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Scrappy ABM. This has been your host, Mason Cosby, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.